0: Welcome to wherever you may be. Part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're gonna be talking all things Chelsea. My name is Olivia Bazaglo, and joining me today is Charlie and Chris. Guys, we'll start with Charlie, how are you? You feeling optimistic, positive?
1: Very, very. I think um, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And said the main test was gonna be Atletico, Man United and Liverpool. We passed all those tests for flying colours. Liverpool, best of all. We had a great result against Everton as well and things are looking very, very positive.
0: And how about you, Chris? We haven't actually spoken since that incredible Liverpool win. The first time we've won at Anfield in the Premier League for almost seven years. How incredible was it?
2: Yeah, um, I'm feeling the same as Charlie, really. I think now it's sort of starting to hit home that we're we're entering this new era and, and Tuchel does know what he was doing because so I think there was probably some doubts about um about how things would go but yeah that especially the Everton game I thought was um a real sort of statement and in, in just how con- in control we were but yeah winning at Anfield is just yeah I've kind of forgotten how it how it felt I mean, <laughs> even even getting a big result in a big game also feels like a, a sort of rarity nowadays for us but um yeah, I think he got it absolutely spot on. I mean, I I was sort of cursing the team selection at the start of the game, but when he didn't play Kovacic, but then immediately you could see his game plan playing Werner essentially against those sort of inexperienced centre-backs mm-hmm. and having Jorginho kind of clipping the ball over the top into him. I just thought it worked. It worked perfectly.
0: Um and Charlie, what what impressed you most about that Liverpool performance because for me, that is the best we'd played under Thomas Tuchel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think even though in hindsight, Atletico was such a good result, I thought there was times in the first half when we were pretty shaky. I thought we could have actually mm. done better against Man United, but that Liverpool one was the game when I thought we were just on top the entire game. Mm. Um, we had such initiative during the whole match, which is a big thing at Anfield, albeit without fans. Um and yeah, I mean they, they, they were terrible, but they didn't they didn't really look like troubling us too much. Um and I think as the games go on, and we saw we saw this against Everton as well, I think even more so, um the players are buying into the system and they're learning where each other are um when they play this way and it's it's really helping. It's like well Tuka goes on about learning the words to a song. I think they're all singing off the same hymn sheet now. it could have gone (laughs) two ways couldn't it like i think
2: (laughs) after after, um southampton i think we were all quite negative weren't we but like Mm. because it really really felt like that was the early sort of fork in the roads and it so easily could have just led into some uh, like four games of average play and and Mm. bad results but it's been the complete opposite which i think is the main the main positive
0: and Chris, obviously talking about that Everton game. Um this was almost, you know how you get those relegation six pointers. This felt like a top four six pointer and we passed it with flying colors. Everton I don't think Mendy had to make even one, you know, big save. It was it was just a pretty comfortable night at Stamford Bridge, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that this like, I found it in a way more exciting than the Liverpool game because I think again the Liverpool, Liverpool game we weren't or well, I definitely wasn't expecting what Mm. came to pass if that makes sense and then uh against everton again it was like always looking like a difficult game but then in in reality like that's like probably the most comfortable we've been under tuchel i think and we scored twice which has been a rarity Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. so um yeah i think it was it was great around again again he got his team selection spot on um obviously it's only one game but havertz as a false nine i thought was excellent um offered something completely different to what we've seen um a, a striker who sort of has the touch the pace and the makes those intelligent runs um as a as a false nine we haven't really really had much of and it offers a, an alternative to what we've got and enables um Tuchel to keep playing the the germans if that makes sense and and mm. get them into form a bit more and,
0: and charlie obviously ha- Christian said there about Havertz as a false nine. He had a brilliant game. I think this is the first time for me that I've seen what Kai Havertz is potentially all about. Um, did you feel the same?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he was excellent. He had, uh, it, he was very unfortunate not to score. He obviously had a hand in both goals and um, had one disallowed. The one that was disallowed was really was pleasing a joke, to me. was not it? Yeah, but it, so it was, yeah, exactly. But it was, it was really pleasing to me because He's a big guy, Habits. He's he's slight, but he's he's quite tall. Mm. And during that in that disallowed goal, he did exactly what I want to see from him, which is he kind of he kind of used his body to kind of shield the ball and hold the defender off. Unfortunately, um, it got disallowed. But um, that's that was a great sign that he can adapt to English football. Um, I saw Paul Merson in the week um, really defending, which I thought he was great. He said, "Look, this is a twenty-one-year-old kid." coming yeah. to a new country in a pandemic when he can't fly his mates over, when he can't fly his family over. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a very difficult settling in period, which let's face it, it has been for Kai Havertz, but that will be such a boost for him. He was he was man of the match by a long way against Everton. He was crucial in both the goals and, and scored one that was disallowed. And, and I think the things that we saw from him, he can be such an asset to us going forward.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Chris, does this affect Tammy Abraham in any way, do you think? You know, now Thomas Tuchel having a further option as, a as I say, a false nine or a number nine, you know, Giroud, Werner, Tammy. Do you think this is going to have an effect on Tammy more than the other strikers or do you think it's pretty equal? Yeah, I mean...
2: Potentially, potentially, because with Giroud, I think we all know he, as much as he is a brilliant footballer, and amazing goalscorer, he's not the long-term solution yeah. to that to that position. Um, I I do think, yeah, for Tammy, it's potentially more problematic. But I, I think I've said before that I'm not convinced that Tammy will be Chelsea's starting striker going forward. But he isn't. He will be an excellent, excellent backup, and will learn the trade as as that and i think that's the kind of time he deserves um i think he's he's been thrown in at the deep end because of the transfer van and other factors having having played in the championship before that really but um i do think this was like a, a glimpse into the future for for our attack especially um especially, i mean again don't, it's hard not to get carried away because obviously it's off the back of one game but um mm. seeing how is that full nine which means he's on the pitch it means Mason Mount can be on the same pitch and Timo Werner, who I think really are the the sort of in-form front trident at the moment with, um, with our other players struggling a bit. Obviously, we have players, quality players who can rotate into that, which I think is only a benefit. And I think that's one of the things Tuchel has done very well is that he's kept a lot like pretty much the whole squad happy You'd say there's only a few players who aren't playing enough i mean i think all of us would say ben Chilwell probably could have still started against everton mm. but he's been brought back in in the big games Tuco still is clearly going to use him a fair amount and it it, it helps them get back into form and helps the whole squad i think because uh Chilwell hadn't been great for a little while he's taken him out of the firing line and now started put, putting him back in and it, it's working I think with Chilwell yeah.
1: and Alonso, sorry, Olivia. No, no, I think,
0: good.
2: I think Everton, they're a really big side. And so
1: I think Alonso's height there, Havertz's height, Zuma's height, who also started, yeah. I think that was kind of the thinking behind that.
0: Do you think that, you know, Thomas Tuchel-Charlie has, like Chris said, rotated, and it seems to be rotating at the right times with the right players. And that's only going to be an advantage. But for players like Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech, does this mean anything significant when they're being left on the bench and just, you know, coming in when being rotated? Or do you think it could be, you know, a further, I don't know, say problem further down the line or not so much?
1: Well, I think the problem for those two is is the formation, really. I mean, I, I don't think either of them thrive in that kind of number 10 role. Mm-hmm. I think they want to be wider than that. I don't think you could trust either of them to play in the wing back slots. Um, Zayetj... You know, started against Atletico, started against Liverpool, I don't think he can have too many complaints. Mm. Um, I think he will probably start against Atletico again, because obviously Mount is suspended. Mm. Um, so I, I think that is kind of one of the things Tuchel was looking at when he was rotating. Um, Pulisic has been a bit of a sorry story this season. Um, he's mm. gone... An on-form Christian Pulisic is one of Chelsea's biggest assets, without a shadow mm. of a doubt. He's probably probably one of the biggest assets in the league one of the most dangerous players. Um, I do think Tuchel has to try and find a way to use him in an effective way. It's not really happening at the minute, him coming on for 10 minutes here or there. Um, But yeah, I I, I do think the formation is is the problem. I I don't, I think in the Premier League, I don't particularly see him as a number 10. I see him causing havoc out wide, cutting in, that kind of thing. And we're just, we're not really doing that as as a team at the minute. So I think that's what's, Finding it quite hard for him. Um, I think they're both they're both very good assets. Pulisic, I think, particularly has the potential to be um, wonderful for us. As we've seen in spells, I think his one of his main problems again is is fitness.
0: Yeah, and he's only twenty one or twenty two. I think people forget that. You know, when when these players get bought in, that they are the same age or younger than Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount. So I think Pulisic has definitely got a big future, and I think Hakim Ziyech will be fine. But Like you said, Charlie, it's the formation that could prove an issue. Listen, the race for the top four now is getting hot. Like we're four points behind Man United, only three points behind Leicester. But then looking over our shoulder, we're only two points ahead of West Ham who have a game in hand. And only four points ahead of Everton who have a game in hand. So we cannot say that this race for the top four is done yet, can we? There's still so much work to do. And Chris, if we get past Leeds and then we have a really nice run of fixtures that could confirm our top four status is that fair
2: yeah that's what I was going to say I think having succeeded in this really tricky spell against um United, Liverpool and Everton um I think we should beat Leeds on on Saturday it'll be tough but um especially away from home but I think we've got enough at the moment and then I think after the cup games that is such um for for an on-form team as well that is such a a uh, sort of not easy but you know um, helpful run in the circumstances where we could feasibly win almost all of those games up to Fulham which takes us into May by which point yeah you'd like to think we'd be mm. we'd be fairly comfortable anyway before we have that I think we kind of finish the season with the runner games against City Arsenal and and Leicester which isn't isn't easy but I think by then it could well be done and dusted the way things are going
0: Hopefully, I don't want to go into those last three games needing to like, you know, yeah, exactly. win win two out of three of them or something. It would be nice if we could just go in there already in fourth spot. And um, we've spoken a little bit about Leeds. We're going to go and talk about that game specifically now, Charlie. This Chelsea defense has come up against Louis Suarez, Jao, Felix, you know, Mane, Firmino, Salah, Martial, Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, you know, Richarlison, Calvert Lewin, and had absolutely zero problems. So, do you think the Leeds attack? Is going to cause Chelsea's defence any problems this weekend.
1: Um, They might cause them some problems, but I don't think they'll score. Um, Big call, I know. But uh, we look so comfortable at the minute. And as you say, if Atletico, Liverpool, Manchester United didn't score, then I don't see why Leeds would. Um, They were a bit unlucky against West Ham. I watched that after our game on Monday night. Um, How did they not score, by the way?
0: I know. How did Leeds not score in that game?
1: (laughs) But but they, they do have frailties. They can be got at. We saw, I mean the The home game, um, which I actually went to, which is bizarre for this season, um, mm. was one of the one most one sided games of the season. We mm. we conceded early on through a freak mistake, but then after that, I mean, it could have been, it could have been six or seven one. Mm. Um, and I, I think the same was true of Everton. I think that was the most pleasing thing about Everton. Like Jordan Pickford stopped that from being what four five nil. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many good saves. Exactly, and 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 that wasn't really the case in the you know a few weeks ago um so yeah i think we're hitting our stride attacking wise i think it's another opportunity to get as we said more than one goal uh i think you know it'd be, it'd be good to score two or three um and i'd be i'd be surprised if our, if our run doesn't keep going
0: yeah, Chris, this is a lead side that we know how they're going to play. They do not change the way they play for absolutely anyone, which can also go in their favour and also go against them, especially in the big games we've seen against the big teams this season. Do you see it being the same sort of game where, you know, we have a lot, a lot of chances, but they also have chances? You know, a very open game where it could be, you know, quite high scoring.
2: Yeah, I think when they came to the bridge, it was a it was a defensive mistake, wasn't it? And I think mm. since then, our defence has shored up a lot. Um, there are far fewer errors. Um, so, yeah, you'd like to think that we'll be able to shut them out this time. But you just never know. They, they do throw so many men forward that they can overwhelm any team and they're capable of scoring against anyone. I think they've shown that right from the start of the season. So Chelsea will have to be on their toes. But, yeah, I think, as Charlie said, I think the kind of form we're in it feels like we've just gone up an extra gear. We were kind of bubbling along nicely. And now it feels like we're really getting into something. It feels like we're a real force again without, again, trying not to get ahead of myself, but um, the results are there. So yeah, um, it's another win would would do nicely. And I think they should manage it. But yeah, I think again, Charlie's right. The main thing will be to, to score a few more goals than we have been.
0: Yeah, um, I think the team news is going to be really interesting for this one because, you know, against Everton, Mason Mount was rested, um, and, and we obviously still won. Do you think Charlie Thomas Tuchel sticks with the same team that beat Everton, or do you see like with with Kai Havertz being a full sni and Callum Hudson playing a little bit further up? Do you think that we're going to see that team, or do you think he's going to make some changes again?
1: No, I think I think he's shown he's perfectly willing to make changes regardless of form. Um I think resting mount was, was I wasn't agreeing with it when the team came out, but in hindsight it was it was a good move. <laughs> um I, I expect I expect I expect Mason to come straight back in. Um probably mm. with, with Werner and Havertz. I think Havertz certainly deserves another chance um to show yeah. what he can do in that position. Um we I, I think there's certain players that are playing themselves into being undroppable. And then there's a rotating mm. cast. So, like we said, like Chilwell and Alonso rotate, Hudson and Doyle and yeah. James kind of rotate. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Christensen is playing himself into being undroppable. Uh, Mount is basically undroppable. Werner, mm. you know, doesn't get dropped. Um, the yeah. midfield kind of rotates. So I, I feel that there's these like four or five players that always play, and then there's like a rotating cast, and depending on the team's needs, that's what that's what Tuchel will do.
0: Chris, um, Charlie mentioned it there that Christensen's making himself undroppable. He has been, you know, had masterclass after masterclass since Thiago Silva got injured. Um, what does Thomas Tuchel do? Does he just keep it how it is and keep Thiago Silva on the bench in case, in case he needs to come on for whatever reason, or does he bring Thiago Silva back in? Because the season that Thiago Silva has had, it seems absolutely crazy to be thinking that he doesn't make the starting eleven when he's fit.
2: I know, yeah. It's christensen has been excellent. Yeah, what can you say, really? Um, I think what might play against him is the fact that he plays in that the central centre back role mm. out of the three, and that's where he's most comfortable. But that is also where Thiago Silva's is most comfortable, of course. So at the moment, it works quite nicely being able to rotate Ridiger or um, Kurt Zuma out, yeah. and then. Um, those two both get game time and then Christensen says the central one while Thiago's been out but mm. with Thiago fit yeah I mean it may be a case that he will um rest Christensen ahead of Atletico mm. and bring Thiago Silva back in because he hasn't played at all for yeah go- going on for a good few weeks now um but yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie's right. He's he's sort of undroppable at the moment, Christensen. and uh, he had a good game against Atletico in the first leg. So maybe that's the way he'll go. Yeah, I, I think I think whoever plays it should be a comfortable-ish um, game against Patrick Bamford. But when obviously when Lee's attack as a unit, it's it's different. It will be it will be physical as well, which is where Christensen struggles. So it might it might be good, <laughs> good timing for a rest for him.
0: I think Thomas to Thomas has got a got a difficult decision to make, but it's also a good decision, isn't isn't it, when you can't pick between two centre backs who have been both unbelievable. Um how do you see this one going, Charlie? Like do you see us putting you know quite a few goals past them? What do you reckon the score's gonna be? Um
1: I'll be happy with two nil.
0: You need... take that. I'd take that, I yeah, think.
1: It.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: Oh, there we go. Easy. <laughs> Two nil, but if you want to give us four, you can. It's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> right, plenty of people have been sending in their questions. Um, Yaren's asked about um, Kai's another nine, and we have covered what it would mean for Tammy Abraham. So, obviously, Yaren, if you're listening, if you you would have heard us talking about what it means for um, for Tammy Abraham. Uh, Gaze Outsiders tweet is saying, current players are shining in a formation that seems to suit them. If Tuchel does change to a back four next season, do you see? Do you think we will see the same issues we had with those players before? That's quite an interesting one because Frank Lampard always, you know, favoured playing a four at the back. Krish, do you think that Thomas Tuchel will make that change, or do you think now it's three, it's done, it's that's it?
2: I think he made clear, like very early on, that while things are going well, as as much as he is a bit of a tinker man with personnel. In terms of the shape, I think he's been quite clear that while things are going well, he's not actually going to gonna shift away from that. And I think, mm. um, as we said, between now and the end of the season, fingers crossed and touch wood, can't see like too much going wrong. And therefore, I don't see why he will necessarily feel the need to, to, to chop and change come the end of the season. And um, I see Yaron has added a bit about asking about potential signings and how that could... Um, oh, sorry, gaze outside, how things that could mm. affect signings I uh, to be honest I think we'll probably having done so much business last year I can f- see us having a fairly quiet summer anyway um, yeah suddenly it's looking like we have a lot of a lot of strength in depth and I think it'll be certain areas literally maybe like one or two where there's there's a bit of investment but um aside mm. from that yeah I, I don't I don't at the moment see him shifting away from three at the back
0: yeah um Ios tweeted a question, Charlie. And this is quite interesting because Werner is the second highest misser of big chances in the Premier League after Bamford. Does he really have twenty plus goals in him a season? And if and if Chelsea sh- do get a new striker, what would Werner's role be in the team? Personally, I think Werner's definitely got a twenty plus goal a season season in him. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm <laughs> <agree> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he does. You're right. Um, but he is still missing chances. He, could, mm. I mean, he could have had a hat-trick against Everton. Uh, he's, he, he certainly should have tucked one away. Um, so those issues are still there. I don't think Chelsea buying a new striker, if they do so, has too big an impact on Werner, really, because he isn't playing yeah. as a number nine. Apart, from, apart yeah. from against Liverpool, I've always actually preferred him as a number nine. Um, mm. When he, His first game against Brighton... I thought wow like this guy, this guy is just amazing because he was just killing them on the shoulder of the last defender he did similar to liverpool it's difficult to earn the premier league because you can do that to liverpool because they defend on the halfway line you can't do that to burnley you can't do that to everton you can't do that to a load of other teams that we play um i think certainly um, he'll be given a similar role next season and i think in 18 months time you can start to kind of assess his role in Chelsea's squad. I think this this season he's been very good in spells. He's been awful in some spells, and I think we'll have much better sample size of what he can offer in the Premier League after next season. Um, but in terms of if Chelsea do get a new striker, and I can't particularly see that we're going to be get mm-hmm. like. People seem to think we're going to get Erling Haaland and we're not. It's the only there. one we could
2: possibly, that would be worthwhile, in my opinion, <laughs> considering <laughs> the signings we've made. But yeah, again, <laughs> it's going to be tough. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, unless we were to get a player of that calibre, um, I,
1: I don't see that there's a there's a striker out there that Chelsea are able to spend, you know, mm. X amount on and it's going to come into the team and being a, be a problem for Werner.
0: Yeah. Also, Erling Haaland scares me he actually scares me how good he is like when I watch him he's massive he's quick he's just and he just really scares me I mean obviously I would have him at Chelsea in a heartbeat but um I think every club in the world would take someone like Erling Haaland right now um but yeah I I agree I don't think I think Werner likes to drift off to the left he likes to play alongside someone um and yeah I don't think that would be too much of a problem if Chelsea were to go and get someone but I don't know if I can see that really happening um Chris, this is interesting from Tushar, who said, the Pulisic situation. Now, we've spoken a little bit about Pulisic and, uh, earlier on in the pod. What do you make of the rumours of him leaving the bridge in the summer with teams like Bayern and Liverpool and Man United in pursuit of him? Because I actually saw articles a few days ago and was like, no, please no. <laughs> because we, as a young guy, we saw the glimpses of what he can do. And he was, he's got that in him. And like Charlie said, he can be one of our biggest assets. So we can't be that can't be a possibility surely
2: yeah I saw those reports yeah I mean obviously any any business with a direct Premier League rival would be would be stupid but I think yeah I think he does really need to work through these fitness issues the club need to help him through that and get him to get him to a point where he isn't out so often during the season but like if his it's it's so unfortunate for him because he's he has streaks of being really good then just streaks of being injured and and then he comes back and then obviously it's so hard to regain that form from 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 back from point zero basically um yeah it's it's a tough one i don't obviously we've suddenly got such a a bloated squad in that specific area i think that could play against him if if tuchel or the club or the hierarchy kind of realize that maybe um he is he is the expendable one if he continues to be injured then then he may have an issue but i agree with charlie that when he is fit and in form he is a a top top winger um in the restart last season he was unbelievable and that's just what we need regularly from him and hopefully Mm -hmm. he's the one who's not really getting many chances at all but hopefully eventually Tuchel's rotation will bring him back in and he's able to able to play into form as other players have um, and then then hopefully we'll see the best of him and th- those rumours will sort of dissipate
0: Yeah I really want to see the stick of the end of last season come out again because he was an absolute animal wasn't he um, we're just going to finish Charlie on, on a couple from the Chelsea that Chelsea podcast and um, like this time last year under Frank, were these the best two performances of the Tuchel era so far? It's obviously weird, isn't it, when you look back to you know this time last year, Chelsea played Liverpool in the FA Cup, were absolutely brilliant. Then played Everton at Stamford Bridge, and that was arguably one of Chelsea's best performances under Frank Lampard. He's played the t- same two Merseyside clubs under Tuchel, and are they the two best?
1: I mean, yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, that that little spell under Lampard was was brilliant as well. It was the last two games before the world shut down um which was you know it was the last last game of the full Stamford bridge that everton game which is kind of crazy to think about um and yeah it it just it just shows that when managers do have a bit of time to to work with the players um and we, we seem to come into our stride at this time of the year obviously um, it was a shame last year that we played so well against Everton and then didn't play for another three months or whatever it mm. was. Um, but no, I, I, I think that the players have bought into what Tuchel's doing really, really quickly. And, uh, and yeah, this time, obviously there's football to be played and we can kick on from there.
0: Yeah, and just finally, Chris. And um, before we go, that Chelsea podcast has also asked: Given Leeds' high line, would you go with the front three of Mount, Havertz, and Werner, and have Ab- and have Callum Hudson Odoi back at right wing back because it seems hard to drop him? I think doesn't matter who we play against Leeds if they're playing a high line. Timo Werner is that first name on the team sheet, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I think I, as we've said, I don't see. I mean, it's impossible to predict so far with Tuchel. To be fair, yeah. but um. I wouldn't expect um I wouldn't expect the front line to change after midweek. Uh, oh sorry apart from Mount obviously Mount didn't start so mm-hmm. yeah, I expect him to start and then I I, pff, I wouldn't bet any money on whether it will be Rhys James or Callum Hudson-Odoi on that in the right wing back role. Mm. Um but uh it does yeah it would seem harsh to ju- drop Callum Hudson-Odoi to be fair but I think yeah I mean maybe um, Kante will come back in in central midfield but other than mm. that I would expect expect much the same team and I think that front three, that's what I mean by the Everton game being so exciting, I think seeing that front three regularly and giving them time on the pitch together, there might not need to be too much rotation going forward if if they are the solution, that, that would be exciting because they're all so young as well
0: I know no, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's always interesting to look at Thomas Tuchel's um, starting 11 when it comes out. Listen, Charlie Chris it's been an absolute pleasure as always. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you could just drop us a review, it'd be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard. We'll, of course, be back again next week to discuss that Leeds game and look ahead that massive second leg against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Hopefully we can make it through to the quarterfinals. It's a goodbye from us and we'll see you next time here on Wherever You May Be.